Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Hiller. And welcome to the Thursday episode of the show. It has been a little bit, uh, but we're back. Uh, we've been busy this summer, which has been kind of nice, gotta say. Obviously, don't miss uh, or miss being able to record twice a week because it was a good time to catch up, but... It is also nice having things to do again. Yeah, it's uh, I get why adults all our lives were like, enjoy your time now because you'll never have it again. And I was like, what are you talking about, old man? (laughs) No, it's uh, it's, yeah, Uh, it disappears almost immediately. I am. I'm very, very excited to go spend four and a half days with one of my college friends who lives out in LA now. And uh, back in college, that was just Life. every, every week that we existed. Um, but now it's a, it's a colossal event and undertaking to make happen. Yeah, it's funny, man. It's sad, funny, but funny. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, yeah. So it is, uh, <laughs> it's July 20th. As we're recording, this is about a quarter after 5 p.m. here on the East Coast, which means both the MLB All-Star Game and Home Run Derby have both happened. The American League being the National League for the ninth year in a row. Um, and a which game sick. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, in what is ultimately a pretty boring All-Star Game, gotta say, since nothing really happened after the fourth inning, um, in which Giancarlo Stan mashed a two-run home run and then was followed up immediately by Byron Buxton with a solo shot of his own to make the game three to two um, after a first uh, yeah, first inning touch up of Shane McClanahan by the National League team, um, which ended up being the final score of the game. So if you watch the first four innings of the game and then nothing else, congratulations, you really didn't miss anything. Um, Home run derby was a little bit more eventful. Uh, a lot of people were thinking that this would either be the three Pete for Pete Alonso or uh, a a potential victory for the likes of Kyle Schwarber, and yet neither of those guys really got horribly far. Um, as Kyle Schwarber got beaten the first round by Albert, P- the ghost of Albert Pujols, who when it started, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say he hit one home run in his first like six or seven swings. Like it got real, real sad, real, real fast. Um, ended up just destroying the uh, the the ball in the the tiebreaker time, um, whereas Schwarber just could not. Um, Alonso ultimately getting knocked out in the second round uh, when Julio Rodriguez hit 31 home runs in the second round, following up a 32 home run initial performance, which is just fucking stupid. Uh, Corwin, did you catch any of either the home run derby or the all-star game itself i watched probably half an hour of the home run derby before before the you know bedtime got in the way of it um so i watched from ronald acuna through i think it was juan soto i don't remember who he faced off against in the first round oh uh jose ramirez i watched him beat ramirez Barely. Don't remember who came after that. May have seen more, but that was uh, Pujols Schwarber after that. Uh, I saw Pujols. I think you saw the whole first round. Yeah. Cool. 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 
Uh, it was a good time. Uh, yeah, it was I missed, fun. I, I missed the, the Julio Rodriguez round, which was the only disappointment. Well, he was the very first guy to go, so you must right. have missed. I missed it. I yeah. started with, um, what's his face? Alonso uh, and Acuna. Uh, Acuna, yeah. Yeah, because because Julio was the first batter of the first round and the first batter of the second round. So you got everything in between. You got a Julio sandwich, like Mike yeah. Lucina with the World Series, joined the Yankees right after they won their last one and retired right before they won their next one. I think he was 01 to 08 and the Yanks won World Series is in 2009. And it's just funny how life works. Um, just to remind everyone uh, how much my dad fucking hates Mike Messina. So he is so happy about that stat. I'm sure he's thrilled. But uh, I do like that there was much less discourse over when to let the pitchers throw the ball this year. Because it felt like last year that was the whole big thing. If you have to wait for it to land and it's like, man, Man, that was fucking boring. Um, or at least an, a layer of uh, complaining and officiating that I don't think anybody watching found any real interest in. So it was nice to have it just kind of be like, fucking keep them coming, baby. I'm here to swing. Let's do this shit. That was uh, nice, even though it made it a little bit tougher to keep track of which hits were home runs. Um, it still was, I think, a better pace for the event. Yeah, it was nice still seeing. Uh, I know the topics last year were when are you allowed to pitch? And boy, the guys who can't throw in the zone. Yeah. And this year was great for that, too. Ronald yeah. Acuna was getting some sinkers. It was a good time. Well, hey, at least no one was like, like one of the most heartbreaking things last year was Matt Chapman's dad fucked him. And it's like, at yeah. least no one was anyone's uh, dad. At least it wasn't like, true. this is my brother. Like, I love him so much. He never played baseball and just like beans everybody on the first pitch. Yeah. And then Juan Soto's like, no, you need to move the mound. Yeah. Well, yeah. My eye. I need this to come correct. Uh, so it ultimately ended up being um, really the, uh, the, the Dominican home run derby as, as, um, in round one, the Dominican representation of Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, Albert Pujols, and Jose Ramirez. I think Ronald Cunha Jr. is from Venezuela or Curacao. Hold on. Actually, I'm not sure where he's from. Is he from the Dominican? No, Venezuela. So. I think it he's is from Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, at, which led to a semifinal of including Dominican players Julio Rodriguez again, Juan Soto, and Albert Pujols. And then it was a Dominican finals between Soto and Rodriguez, which was really, really cool. You got to see a lot of great camaraderie from those guys, uh, which obviously means a lot, especially uh, a nice reminder of one, how close knit in some respects, the Dominican baseball community can be. And also how prolifically good at baseball that small Island country is and how much they just dominate MLB today. Um, yeah. Juan Soto ultimately ended up winning it, which drew a lot of comparisons to um Bryce Harper back in 2016, I think is when he won it and then left in 2017. Something uh, like yeah, that. That's, no, that sounds right. I think 15 was like his MVP season and then left right after. It was. I don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, it was one season after the next. And now that Juan Soto was drawing a lot of trade interest, something else that we have um, to talk about that might be a whole episode. We'll have to see. Um Drew a lot of comparisons for that, but it was cool getting to see Soto win it. Uh, the last happy memory a Nationals fan will have for the next decade. Yeah. Um, do they give out MVPs for uh, the all not the All Star Game, but the Home Run Derby? 
I don't think they do, but do you have you someone in mind? Oh, yeah, no. it should be Juan Soto so that I could at least get half a point of my bold predictions already. Spoiler well, alert. Speaking of which, let's get into our bold predictions. Uh, this is the midseason update, so the, the time is now, <laughs> old man. Um, time is now, old man. Yeah, so Corwin Hallard, do you want to start off with awards as we always do? Yeah, why not? Um, because they actually look pretty good. So um, we'll start with MVP like always, American League. I had Shohai Otani, who might not be the best hitter on the planet, might not be the best pitcher on the planet. You could argue him for both. And since he does both, he should absolutely be a unanimous MVP again. Is that agreed? Um, probably yes. I'm just trying to pull up his stats right now. I'm looking left. I was going super duper yeah. slow. Uh, but let's say yes. Um, I forget. I just need to see what clip he's at. But there was some concern. I want to say the last time we talked about Otani because he was batting at like a 107 OPS plus and like a pitching at like a 110 um, ERA plus, and we were both kind of like. I don't think that's good enough. Um, but this year, per baseball reference, he is already at 4.9 war. Um, a 135 OPS plus as he's been on a on a tear in the closing weeks of the first half of the regular season. And his ERA plus has gone all the way up to 167, which is now a new career high. His ERA for this season is 2.38, which is also a career low. Um, so, yeah, he's probably going to win, especially in the light of, and I know we, no one serious likes to usually take into account um, team performance, but it's impossible to look at the angels and say anything other than he is the only reason they've won half of the games that they've won. And I say half semi derisively, but in reality, the angels have won 39 games and if you told me that Shohei Otani wasn't there to collect the wins that he's collected, even just as a pitcher, which is nine, I mean, literally, he is responsible right off the bat for over 25% of their wins, just in terms of looking at pitching win-loss, which is it a good metric? Absolutely not. But it fits this narrative, so here we go. You add in the fact that he has batting stats, which will account for an additional, let's see, batting war of... Uh, 1.7 wins. That's that's already over. You know, like 11 wins from Shohei, right, right, fucking there. If not, if not more. I, I, I mean, number one. Yeah. Re- like, I know we all saw the tweet, but the number one reason I want Juan Soto to go to the Angels is to be able to truly oh, yes. see how much war you can earn while winning under 500 at under 500 clip. Losing more than you win. Words. If you added Juan Soto to the Angels, how many games? All right, so hold on. Right now, I think it's many. I really don't think it is. Especially because, honestly, of all the things, the outfield is not really their issue. I guess he would be replacing Brandon Marsh in their outfield, who's the odd man out in terms of offensive performance. Granted, he is only 24. So, I mean, it's still a very good hitter. He's had a 78 OPS plus this season. Really? So yeah. he's chopped off significantly. Did he have a strong? Oh, I'm heart? thinking of Jared Walsh. Yes, you are. Yes, y- yeah. yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. Jared Walsh is also dropped off a little bit down to a 94 OPS plus. Um, this is a tough 
team for last names that all sound alike because you have Jared Walsh, Brandon Marsh, and Taylor Ward. And um, I know Ward seems weird, but the Ward and Walsh get mixed up in my head too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, fuck, man, you could get a straight up war value from those three dudes in one season of, let's be conservative, 20. Conservative, 20. You get nine from Show High. You, you get seven from, from Trout and let's say, six from from Soto so you're getting maybe closer to 22 I mean the team is still so because it's not like they're a fringe team where you could say oh you put Soto on that team and they're making the playoffs Mm -hmm. they're they're Soto you could say that maybe about the Mariners if they pulled off a Soto trade yeah but I don't think you can say that about the, the Angels, man. I think the Angels are closer to blowing it up than they are to one player away from being successful. How long was uh, Shohei Otani's contract that he signed with the Angels? I want to say it expires next year. Uh, he can't stay there, right? Uh, I like, mean, we, of we, all we the also... people that you would expect to stay with the team, he... He seems like the kind of guy who would want to be loyal, stay with the team, all that. Like, he seems like that kind of person. He can't stay with that team. He is with this, the team next year. He has an arbitration year for next yeah. year. And then 2024, he is a, an unrestricted free agent. So he, he has this season arbitration next, next year. Yes. And then is a free agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So he's a free agent after the 2023 season. Yeah, I... Go. Look, there, well, there's a lot of really underpaid there. Oh, significantly. There, there is obviously a strong he's connection. Gonna, he's going to get a billion dollars. <laughs> there's obviously a strong connection between a lot of Japanese um, and NPP players who like to be on the West Coast. The, the time zone is, I guess, a little bit closer. Geographically, it's a lot closer to um, the Asia Pacific area. And uh, there's an entrenched sense of community there. There's a lot of players. I mean, you know, the Dodgers had the first NPB player in MLB history on their team. Um, Ichiro Suzuki was the first MVP uh, <clears throat> to come out of uh, MLB MVP to come out of the NPB. You know, the, there's there's a lot of ties over there, which is one of the reasons why Shohei went over there to start with. But you got to wonder how long that is a selling point for. Because if you're not, like, do Mike Trout looks disheveled. That is not a happy looking man. I've that's seen... the thing. At some point, like, like that has to be Shohei's big barometer. Like, this is a man getting paid half a billion dollars to be here, and he looks fucking miserable. I've seen videos come from the frontline trenches of Ukraine where people look f- more filled with life, hope, and joy than my They're serving Trump a purpose. Has. Uh, like I, I, I get it. like he is play, paid handsomely for the role he do, he plays in that. Jesus Christ, the words are just, just so bad today. Mike Trout gets paid a lot of money for what he does, and he is beloved for what he does. But my goodness, I couldn't imagine working in such a 
just not even bad environment, just hopeless environment. Like I'm sure he is treated like royalty within that building. But at what point does it not matter anymore? Oh, and that's the thing. It's the idea of the marginal utility of the dollar, you know, like, um, Look, man, if you like with the Juan Soto deal, which, again, there's so much to talk about with him. We have to stop at at some point. But like, you know, 30 million, just under 30 million dollars a year for 15 years. Um, Yeah, that 15th year, that 30 million dollars that he's receiving in that 15th year means fucking nothing at that point. Absolutely nothing. I'm I'm not even exaggerating. It's 30 million dollars. He very likely will never spend in his lifetime. It's 30 million dollars that will sit in a bank account and eventually get you know, sent down generation after generation of Soto's like he wants Soto will never spend that money, which some people think is great. You know, like that's whatever. But for him on the field, that means that he's not going to feel the impact of that $30 million in terms of uh, meaningfully influencing his quality of life or his standard of living. And if that's the case, which eventually is the case with dollars, if you're not a psychopath, um, then what are you doing? Where are you getting it from? Well, one would say the game being on the field. Okay. Well, if you're great and your team fucking blows, then what? Chris Davis had an easy time being bad on the Orioles because, well, the Orioles suck, but I suck too. So I can kind of be like, all right, I got to play better, not just for me, but for the team. And you can justify sucking on a good team by saying, like, I've got to be better for my team. My team is good. They need me to participate, and I can't. I have to get there. What's Mike Trout even playing for at this point? Did you mute yourself? Yeah. yeah. You know what I just realized? What? We're still on AL MVP. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> All right. All right. So who, who your pick who was show you high. Pick? You, 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 hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Your pick was show high. Uh, yeah, that's a good pick. My pick, I picked Carlos Correa. It's not a good pick. He oh he God, was uh, hurt for a while. He has been very good since being able to resume play. Oh, he only missed like 13 games. That's a lot less than I thought it was. Um, so he's managed to amass 2.3 war, but that's not going to be enough. So um, it could change down the stretch. But as of today, just not enough, Chief. Uh, Corwin, National League MVP. Who do you got? Uh, the topic of discussion previously, Mr. Juan Soto. That's right. I also had um, Mr. Juan Soto, which, um, hey, man, it, it's going to make it tough if he does get traded to the team I would like him to get traded to, which is obviously my team, as every team wants him to be traded to their team. Um, it's going to be hard to win an MVP in the American League. Well, and that and that's the it, it's the same exact issue that CC Sabathia came into when in 2008 when he was primed to win Cy Young in the American League when he was playing with Cleveland and then got traded to the Brewers and ended up splitting votes between AL Cy Young and NL Cy Young um, and ended up ultimately not winning the award. There should be some sort of rule for that. I don't know how the hell it would be implemented, but it does seem like something that just fucks over players. Yeah, that's the thing. It's so it is relatively rare for it to happen because you'd have to be so fucking traded. Not just good players, the best player that season, 
you know? Um, but yeah, it, he got hosed. So that would obviously make it tough if he stays with the Nationals slash on slash in the National League. Then this is still a, looking like a pretty solid pick for the two of us. Uh, I just want to see for the National League batters. Soto is fucking where fifteenth. Jesus, Damn. Fangraphs hates him. I think they hate. Yeah, they hate his defense. They hate his defense. Um, but. Yeah, he's having a great year. Nobody gives a shit about defense in the MVP race. Nor should they. Fuck that shit. He has more walks than anybody in baseball. He has 79 walks already. God, that is disgusting. How is that possible? All right, whatever. We're very behind. Let's move on. Uh, American League, Cy Young. Who do you got? Uh, AL Cy Young, a guy who's not going to win this award, Mr. Shane Bieber. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting he exists. Yeah. He's disappeared. Yeah, he has um, amassed 1.6 war this season. Um, doesn't look like he's been overly terrible. His ERA is slightly higher than it was last year. 3.24 as compared to last year's 3.17. Um, 273 fit. Pretty good. His strikeouts are up, too. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's not top tier. I mean, he won it with a 273 ERA plus. Granted, that is uh, uh, quite difficult to repeat, but even so, um, good, not great year. Yeah. Um, For American League, I had Mr. Garrett Cole, who uh, currently leads the league in nothing other than games started with 19. Uh, just under 10 wins, sitting there at nine as of today. Who's had himself a nice season? 3.02 um, ERA. That's good for an ERA plus of 126, slightly down from last year's 130. He made the all-star team this season, as we saw. Uh, 2.4 wins above replacement for the pitching side of things so far into the year. However, I just don't know if he's if that's going to be enough to you know, actually win this award. Um, as it stands right now, the best pitcher in the American League by Fangraphs war is Kevin Gaussman um, with 3.7, which feels dirty and wrong. But um, Shane McClanahan is the much sexier pick at this point for American League Cy Young. So, uh, yeah, uh, Sandy Alcantara. That's National League, my bud. Oh, really? I didn't know Marlins were National League yep. off the top of my head. NL East. Yeah. Okay. With the Mets. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, that brings us then to the National League Cy Young, which uh, I don't think either of us picked Sandy Alcantara, so I don't think Ooh. either of us are going to feel super great Ooh. about these picks. But uh, who did you have for your National League pick? Uh, I had you, Darvish. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I... <sighs> Where I don't have he? his page up. I'm not going to dig for it. I've got. I was looking for his name on the leaderboard, and uh, Damn. didn't see it. 1.9 WAR. It's not bad. It's not 3.41 ERA is also better than his ERA ended up being last season, and he's on pace to surpass his innings pitch total pretty readily with already 108 as compared to last year's 166. So. Uh, Tidy season, but yet not on pace to be an MVP. Uh, not uh, not 5.3 war. No. 
Um, yeah, Sandy Alcantara is dumb good this year. Uh, my pick was uh, Corbin Burns, who is having himself a, a very, very nice season this year. Uh, per fan graphs, he is one, two, three, four, five, sixth, sixth in pitching war. So certainly up there in the mix. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure he's. I mean, he's he's nowhere. I don't think he's no anywhere near what Sandy is doing. Let alone some of the other guys on this he, list. He's actually pretty close. I mean, a two one four ERA, a hundred and forty four strikeouts, and a hundred and thirteen point two innings. That's stupid. I think oh, well, if he, I think if he keeps putting up those numbers, I think he's going to be a, a finalist. The the big difference, honestly. Big difference is the innings pitched. Sandy Alcantara already has 138.1 innings pitched in the first half. Burns has 113. That's not outrageously low. I think think that's five innings, which if you have, or sorry, uh, 25 innings, which if you average, let's say six innings a start is four starts fewer innings, which means if they keep up the pace, Sandy Alcantara will have thrown eight more starts worth of innings over Corbin Burns, which is mm. a lot. That's, that's the, yeah. don't get me wrong. I also think that, that my Burns pick is phenomenal and I'm great at this. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you. And he is having, I mean, Corbin Burns is the most strikeouts in the national league today. Um, it's going to come down to one of those, one of those kind of things where it's like, you know, which, which stats do you value? Because a lot of the traditional stats are split between guys. As of right now, though, Alcantara, it leads the national league in uh, ERA just that. Um, but then he leads all of baseball in game started enters innings, pitched batters faced and ERA plus. So, I mean, really the dude is a murderer. Oh, man, this is just nuts to look at. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Uh, rookie of the year. American League. Who you got? Uh, Mr. Julio Rodriguez. That's right. We did pick the same guy for this, too. Yeah. I forgot how uh, in sync we were on this. Yeah. Uh, you got to feel good about this pick, right? Uh, it's feeling pretty good. Guy hits 35 home runs first round 31 home runs second round of the derby i don't care what he's doing on the field pretty good all we care about is derby results uh yeah and on the field he's fucking killing he has 3.6 war per baseball reference a 134 ops plus um his slash line is 275 337 477 uh he's he's been fucking killing it man he's got um Positive defensive wins value, which in of itself is an achievement. Uh, it, fucking impressive, man. I I struggle to think of another rookie who's doing what he's doing as well as he's doing it right now. I'm trying to... Hold on, let me just put a rookie's filter on. No, per Fangraphs, he has the most rookie war for anybody in the American League. Um, second is uh, Jeremy Pena of Houston, and third is Bobby Witt Jr. of Kansas City. 
All right, cool. Uh, then let's turn it over to the National League. Who did you have for your National League Rookie of the Year? I had Seiya Suzuki. How's he been? Uh, I was just looking up uh, odds. Uh, he has the third best odds in the National League right now. Um, as far as his actual stat line, uh, 272 batting average, 807 OPS for a 125 OPS plus. Only six home runs, uh, 57 strikeouts. It's a good, not great season. Only 0.9 war. Um, I think the odds on favorite was Spencer Strider. Really? That's surprising. Has a 1.9 war, a 303 ERA, and in 74.1 innings pitched, he's got 114 strikeouts, uh, which is that's fucking insane. Um, oh, so. that's right. Never mind. I was thinking something different. Yeah, he's having a crazy year. Please. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got to be between either um, Spencer Strider or Michael Harris, the second of Atlanta. But Bo- both both players of Atlanta, Atlanta having again massive contributions from their their young guys. Um, as always, as always, yeah. Michael Harris is um, per Baseball Reference two point one WAR at one twenty two. OPS plus he's been playing center field and doing it uh, rather well. In addition to being able to provide with the bat outfield has been a tough uh, offense, offensive group for Atlanta for the past few seasons. Um, God, how many years, how many years did then Ender and Ciarte <laughs> just be a fucking vacuum at the plate? to go out there and play serviceable outfield defense. How many years did that man just exist out there? Um, My pick was Hunter green of the Cincinnati reds who has not been having a great season. He has allowed the most home runs in baseball as a pitcher, 23 of them. His ERA is 5.78, which is just not good. He is getting his innings. He's at 90.1 innings, which is nice to see, you know, the, a rookie's getting the chance to just kind of go out there and figure his shit out, which you have the luxury of doing when you're on teams that are bad. Um, so obviously I'm not going to sit here and say that this player is a bust. It is year one, mm-hmm. um, but certainly not, um, not a top candidate to win this award. Right. All right. So then manager of the year um sure uh i had aj hinch he's not he's not winning it yeah weird backstep for the detroit tigers um a team i think at the start of the season you and i would have expected to be doing a lot better than they currently are um at least Obviously, a little better than what they were doing last year. Yeah, I would have expected some some growth. Uh, they've obviously had a lot of injury issues to start out off their year. You know, Casey Mize being down for I think the whole season. Uh, uh, you know, is an impact. Some impact players from last year not contributing as much this year. But last year they were only eight games under five hundred, standing tall at seventy seven and eighty five, and. This year so far, they are 18 games under 500 at 37 and 55, um, which is just not ideal. So 
I mean, like Akil Badu, who came out mashing last year, has barely played this year. And when he has played, he has he has two extra base hits. But he's doing great in the minors. Yeah, it's um the only person. Oh, this is so fucking sad. Oh, my soul hurts to say this. The only person with a 100 OPS plus or greater on the Detroit Tigers is Victor Reyes, and his OPS plus is 100. Which means everyone on that team is league average or worse. Oh, sorry, I missed Javi. No, that's total bases. I was right. Yeah, that's so. Miguel Cabrera has the second best OPS plus on the team at 95. Jesus, Lord. This team is so bad, bad, man. This team is really bad. Like Spencer Torkelson just got sent back down to the minors. Like it's been rough. Um, Yeah, I had Scott Cervase um, of the Seattle Mariners, which seems to still be a good pick so far. Uh, The AL obviously has some some real barn burners of, of teams in it between the Yankees and the Astros. Outside of that, the field gets a little bit murky because while the AL East has every team at or above 500, there's not a manager in there that I think is outperforming, you know, outkicking their coverage outside of maybe Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, which makes him a pretty strong contender. Because um, I think the Rays, Red Sox, and Blue Jays all would have liked to be significantly higher in the, the, the win column than they are today. Um, don't think that's a big fucking stretch for those three teams. And then outside of that, the only other teams I'd say are doing better than anticipated are the twins and the guardians. So um, there's a case to be made there for Rocco Baldelli, who has won this award in the past and Terry Francona, who has won this award in the past. I think it's really going to come down to d- which teams make the playoffs, because if Scott surveys can take, a Mariners team that has not been anticipated to be anything especially great in the past couple seasons and almost make the playoffs last year and not win the award and then potentially make the playoffs this year and end a over 20 year playoff drought. I think that warrants a win for him, even if there are some better potentially better candidates in out there for him. So uh, still feel good about this one. Hmm. Yeah, uh, seems perfectly fine. He looked happy at the uh, All Star game. Uh, I don't feel I my my National League was so bad. Um, who do you have for the National League? Bob Melvin. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. We'll see if Juan Soto comes. He might win Manager of the Year for an impact that he had no part in. Uh, yeah, my guy's not in baseball right now. It's uh, I picked Joe Girardi. Um. I think we all thought that the Phillies were going to be a lot better than they were this year. And no, they have not. They've been so much worse uh, to the point where Joe Girardi got fired and has not been picked up by another team. So I would have fucking lost it. If you picked Joe Girardi and Joe Madden, that would have been fucking unreal. That would have been a one, two punch for the ages. Um, Those two guys, yeah. As if the season ended today, the winner probably has to be Buck Showalter, right? With the yeah, Mets. I don't know how. Uh, 
Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of Buck Showalter. I, th- I thought he handled his his end seasons with the Orioles really poorly, and I, I think he's what, what's up. I was just gonna do that. What are you gonna do now, Buck? Yeah, yeah. he um he did not do the Orioles any fa- like the the roster was bad. You, I can't blame the roster on on. Uh, Buck Showalter, but I also don't think he m- literally managed the team at the end of their playoff window well. Nor do I think he did a lot of good work in handling the the rookies and and making sure that they had the development that they needed, um, which is one of the reasons why they moved on from him. I didn't like him as a commentator. I didn't like him as a radio host. And you know what? Fuck the Mets. All right. I don't. I I don't believe that he is the guy making the impact here either. Uh, like like. The, the team just paid for, for you know, Max Scherzer and, and, and made a bunch of flashy trades. And we're going to assume that Buck Showalter is the reason they're doing well. Like, fuck out of here. But whatever. Whatever. I'm grouchy. Um, yeah. Did, well, any other awards that we had written down? Uh, um, comeback player. But I, I would rather just get into the predictions. Yeah, super duper quick then just because I, I have those two. And then we have our World Series champs. Uh, AL, I had Aaron Hicks. NL, I had Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, I had Verlander and Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, both good picks. World Series Acuna champs. is looking good. So is Verlander. Verlander is looking very good. Um, yeah. For World Series champs, I had Yankees over the Phils. Uh, I had Dodgers. That's it. All right, cool. Yeah, all three I of those teams. W- I, think I probably would have put like the Yankees or something. I'm sure. All right. Well, that brings us then into our actual bull predictions. Corbin, you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You just went. Uh, I have eleven, so I'll go first. Sure. Uh, Matt Olson wins the NL Silver Slugger and Gold Glove at first base. So, by transitive property, Freddie Freeman does not win either of those. I know we discussed the definition of the transitive property last time. Well, let's not get into it. Uh, so, for twenty twenty two, big picture. Uh, Matt Olson has a 1.8 war season. That doesn't really matter for specifics wise. Um, has the most doubles in all of baseball. Has a 255 batting average, 827 OPS for 126 OPS plus. Uh, was not an all star. Freddie Freeman has 3.8 war. Uh, has the most hits in all of baseball. Uh, and only four less doubles, a 321 batting average, 926 OPS, good for a 156 OPS plus, was an all-star and has 13 home runs to Matt Olson's 17. Um, I would say Freddie Freeman has the uh, clear advantage so far. Freeman also has significantly less strikeouts. And is playing for what is... uh the better team if we're going to take tiebreakers of team performance into consideration, which usually we don't, but you know, it's still is a easy Mm -hmm. thing to talk about. Uh, My first bull prediction is looking pretty good. Three or more players hit 50 home runs. As of right now, the top three home run getters are Aaron judge with 33, Kyle Schwarber with 29 and Austin Riley with 27. So if we extrapolate out, just multiplying those numbers by, you know, two, um, all three of those numbers multiply out to be greater than 50. 
Uh, in addition, if we go one player farther down to Jordan Alvarez at number four, he has 26. That would also put him over 50. So I have a little bit of wiggle room here as well. Um, it's always funny because when a bold prediction looks like it's coming true, I always think, damn, not bold enough. But then we never get any right. So I have to take some credit when it, it actually does happen. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, this week, I could be a third of the way to getting this one in a handful of weeks or like a month and a half with Judge only being 17 away from hitting 50 here in July. But, uh, yeah, we will see how the rest of the season shakes out. Corwin Heller. Tell me what you got next. Number two, the Giants go from 107 wins to missing the playoffs. Uh, you gave me shit for this pick. Um, I don't remember if it was a this is dumb or uh, just that it wasn't bold enough. But by any, I don't know what word I'm looking for. They are currently not a wild card team. They are half game behind Philadelphia um, and St. Louis uh, for the final wild card spot. Uh, it'll be a tight race. Um, both Atlanta and San Diego are the first two wild cards. They have a, several games in hand already. Uh, and Miami is five and a half games behind. So there's three teams really gunning for that third spot. Obviously plenty of time left to play, but uh, so far it is in the green. All right. Uh, my next one, I'm going to do a little bit of math on the fly here. Um, my second one is stolen base attempts increase at a far greater rate than we've been assuming on this show. I think this was because they did ultimately institute the larger bases for this year. I believe that's what this one was. Yeah, about. that sounds right. Um, so to do that, I'm going to look at the 2021 MLB season in which there were uh, 2,213 stolen bases plus uh, 711 attempted stolen bases. So that's 2,924 steal attempts. Uh, and let's just go by games. It's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, which which means that divided by the 4,858 games, uh, actually, I'll do it the other way around. Uh, no, nah, actually, that worked out. Well. I believe it. This is uh, me at my job, too, in case you're wondering how doing math goes at my fucking job. Uh, that means that they're stealing bases at a clip of 0.6 a game. So about ha half of one, half of a stolen base a, a game last year. Or to flip it around, it's now that I said it, I'll just fucking go ahead and do it like a goddamn idiot. Um, that means that they're stealing. Uh, it takes 1.7 games for them to steal a base. This year, well, let's do it the other way around now. So 1,419 stolen bases so far this season, plus 461 caught stealings is 1,880 stolen base attempts so far in uh, 2022. And if we divide that by the total number of games played of 2,768, that means we are at uh, 0.7 stolen bases per game. Uh, reality is 0.68. The last result was 0.60. So um, is eight hundredths more percentage wise um, than last year. So it is increasing. I don't know. And I believe I said when I made this prediction, I don't know what 
the number would look like for more than we assumed. Um, an increase of, that's going to be about 12%. Maybe that's more than we assumed. I mean, really, it's going to come down oh, to, I think, no. I was going to say, it's going to come down to gut feeling between you and I about like how right this is or not. So um, we can make that assessment at the end of the season. If I told you at the start of the season that there was going to be a 12% increase in stolen bases, would you say, mm, that seems high? Or would you be like, yeah, that sounds right? Well, Josh, uh, my follow-up question would be, well, what's the normal variance for year-to-year changes in, in base stealing? Suck my dick. <laughs> I'm not normalizing no. these stats. Get out of here. Well, then you won't get an answer from me. <laughs> Great uh, for radio. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, fuck yourself. Yeah. Gee, thanks, Corwin. That's usually my answer for almost all of those questions. Tell me your next poll prediction. Uh, the AL East standings completely flip from last season, withholding the Baltimore Orioles, who finished with the worst uh, record in baseball. Already fucking it up. Uh, that would mean the order would need to be Jays, Yankees, uh, Red Sox, and then the Tampa Bay Rays. It's not even close to that. It's currently Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox, and the Orioles, who have a 500 record, which is so far off from being the worst record in baseball. Easy loss for me. Not as easy as my next one, uh, which is that the Angels make the playoffs, which looked like a killer bull prediction to start the year. And then what happens? Um, the season continues which is the Angels' problem. Um, they have to keep playing well for more than six weeks. And they don't know how to do that. So, uh, yeah, they are not good. They're not doing well. It's not, uh, not tight over there in Anaheim uh, as they are fourth in their division, being helped only by the fact that the Oakland A's are a miserable, miserable franchise. Um, and it's being displayed on the field this year. Um, they have a worse record than the Orioles. They have a worse record than the White Sox, than the Rangers. Um, then the then the they have a worse record than the than than the fifth place team in the NL West. The Arizona Diamondbacks have a better record than the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim this season. Wow. Colorado Rockies are doing better. They have a worse record, or they are half a game better, so essentially the same record as the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. It is bad. So, not a good prediction. Corbin? Um, my next prediction is the Los Angeles Dodgers finished with the best record in baseball while breaking the single-season wins record and not having... Uh, a losing record against any one team. Swap um, that with the Yankees and you might be right. They're currently on pace for 108 wins, which is unbelievably good, but not 117. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, they will not be uh, finishing the season with a winning record against every team because they are currently, they have a team that they have played where their winning percentage against this one specific team with a six game sample size. So two series 
is 167. What team is this? The Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates. They are one and five against the Pittsburgh Pirates with a negative three run differential, which is hilarious. Um, that just sucks. It sucks that I'm not a Pirates fan anymore and can't even rejoice in them beating the Dodgers five times. Um, it sucks because oh. if I was still a Pirates fan, I wouldn't hate the Dodgers. You could still enjoy it because you are a Padres fan, which means you hate the Dodgers. Right. So but it's like lose brings you joy. It's like seeing uh, an ex-girlfriend beat the shit out of your like least favorite person at work. It's like, yeah, that's great. But also like this is weird and I don't know who I should be rooting for. So it's it's like the the onion article meme of uh, the worst person you know makes a great point. Yeah. The worst person you know just made a good point. Yep, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I I understand. Um, yeah. So my my next one is the Giants turned back into a pumpkin and finished within five games of five hundred. So I gave myself some leniency there. Uh, the San Francisco Giants are currently within five games of 500. They are 48 and 43. However, that means that they are on pace to finish 10 games above 500. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, slightly lower than that, I guess, because they played slightly above um, 82 games. Um, but either way, this is looking tepid. Like it may happen. Honestly, this one might come down to the trade deadline. Not even necessarily whether um, the Giants buy or sell, but more so uh, what the rest of the division does. Because if the Padres get better and the Dodgers get better uh, and the Giants are stagnant, if not tearing down, then that might also lead them to fall off a little bit. And really, realistically, if the Giants get or the Dodgers get better and the Padres get better and the the, the Giants are don't try to add, they I would think most likely would try to subtract and you know add value elsewhere if they could. Um, five twenty seven, that's their current win loss rate. So one sixty two times five twenty seven, eighty five wins. Oh, no, nah, that'd be eighty five and seventy seven. So yeah, I'd be off by three games. All right. Yeah, so I I'll give this one a a maybe strong maybe not out of the running yet. The mute button, bud. We are so far out of the running for my next pick. Um, Let's hear it. Joey Votto finished last season with thirty six home runs. I predicted this year he was going to continue this power train and hit forty. He's got six. He's not hitting 34 home runs in the second half. Don't you doubt, Joseph. He's saving all of his power for later. He is 38 years old. He's played in 67 games. He has 275 plate appearances. He's not. He's got a 700 OPS. Like, he's not doing that. If he went from six home runs in the first half to 40 home runs in the second half, 34 home runs. No, but for, I'm using 40, like at the end of the season. Um, so 34. How, where would, where would you, 
that's gotta be one of the, the greatest turnarounds. Like, so, cause we could think about it as like, like this. If Aaron judge only hit seven home runs for the rest of the year and finished with 40, would you think yeah. that's a bigger disappointment than the elation of Joey Votto turning it on and having Aaron judges first half and then hitting 34 in the last couple months? Like which feeling would be greater judges disappointment or Votto's holy shit. How subject am I to New York sports media during fully this? subjective? Oh God. Then it would have to be Aaron judge. Cause they, it would be just front page news every day. He doesn't get a home run. Cause they would just be attacking the shit out of him. Oh, we don't even want you as a Yankee anymore. You fucking suck. Aaron judge. We hate you. And Joey Votto would just be like, yo, what's this fucking guy doing over here? Fucking New York sports media. Now give it to me as Corwin Heller. I would be through the roof if Joey Votto hit 34 home runs in the second half. Hell yes. I would I would buy a Joey Votto jersey. Why not? I'm buy one anyway, if we're being honest here. Yeah, I do uh, love Joey Votto. One of my all-time favorites. I love him so much. Yeah, that one's probably not going to happen, but uh, I would so love it if it did. But yeah, uh, my next one's also not looking fantastic, but it is slowly getting better. Um, it's not going to happen. The Mets adding name brands continue to not help enough finish fourth in the division. So this looked like a really bad bull prediction uh, like three weeks ago. It's still probably not going to happen unless the Mets really fall apart in the second half of the season. Uh, But for the majority of the first half, they had the best record in the National League. They have since been usurped by the Dodgers on their stupid like 14 and two run. Um, But not only that, Atlanta has also gone on a a couple of runs of its own. And as 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 has the Phils. Now, Atlanta is only two and a half games back from the division. The Phillies farther, eight and a half. So um, could they take over the Mets in the standings? Yeah. Is it likely? Uh, Again, the Mets would have to face some catastrophe. And with the Mets already having played a relatively decent chunk of the year without Scherzer and DeGrom, um, and some steps back from players like Dom Smith. It's it's tough to know what adversity even looks like to this team anymore because they they're handling it very very well. So uh, this bull prediction would also rely on the Marlins to really take a step forward in the second half. They're currently 14 games below the the Mets, which is the same amount back that the Toronto Blue Jays are of the Yankees. So it would take truly a Herculean. Uh, fuck up for the Mets to blow this. Now, that's not out of the Mets ability. Don't get me wrong. The Mets have shown us that there is no bar too low for them. Uh, but it would it would take a lot for this to happen at this point. But so not, they're not the Mets. They are the Mets. That's why I, I, if it was any other team, I would have like dismissed this as so palpably wrong. But they are the Mets, man. So anyway, give me your next one. The Blue Jays of Toronto have six players that hit 30 home runs. They have three that are on pace. 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. currently has 20. George Springer has 17. And Matt Chapman has 15. Bo Bichette has 14, so he's right there on the edge. Tiasco Hernandez has 12. And Alejandro Kirk, who is an all-star but is not playing a full-time gig at catcher, has 11. Um, so there's going to need some serious work to get there. Uh, Danny Jansen, who's splitting time with Kirk at catcher, is probably going to have to miss some time. Kirk and Hernandez are probably going to need a little bit of juice to get those numbers up. Um, but uh, not looking great in uh, the good old Canadian city. Speaking of not looking great, my next one. The Phillies hitting is as advertised. Pitching is better than expected. They win the NL East. Uh, Based on my World Series predictions, you can be reminded that I was very high on the Phillies in terms of um, uh, chaos hype. This was a team that was full of DHs being made to play important positions on the diamond. Um, And I was excited for the idea that they would be horrendous in the field, uh, but maulers, um, which is not really panning out. Most of the team in their lineup is above a 100 OPS plus. They are better than your average bear, but it's a lot of it's not by a lot. Um, Bryce Harper, by far their best offensive player is shut down from what might end up being the rest of the season. Huh? As usual. Yeah. Um, Injury bug caught him again. 174 OPS plus is fantastic, but it's unless the Phillies have a, I guess, a a playoff run and potentially have to be a deep playoff run, he might not see the field again this year. Um, Outside of that, Kyle Schwarber is 128 OPS plus is awesome. Rice Hoskins, 129. Great. And then the other two guys are Gene Segura, who's now on the 60 day IL. um, So his 106 OPS plus doesn't mean anything. And JT Rod Muto, who can't play this game, this fucking country of Canada, 104 PS plus. Um, yeah. It, so it's, it's not great. Really like Alec Bohm hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. Dita Gregorius has been pretty bad. Odubel Herrera and Nick Castellanos haven't been great. Um, Johan Camargo's playing there apparently, and he's not good. Bryson Stott has been fucking trash. And then you go to the pitching side of things. And again, it's lopsided. I would say it's better than I would have expected at the start of the year. Aaron Nola has been great. 131 ERA plus Zach Wheeler has been great. 142 OPS plus Kyle Gibson's more. So the guy we expected than who he was last year with his 94 Ranger Suarez is at a one Oh one. Zach Eflin who finds himself on the 15 day IL is at a 94 Bullpen's been sharp. Everyone in the bullpen except Eurus Familia is at a greater than 115 ERA plus. Uh, most notably, Sir Anthony Dominguez, who is at a 222. But um, yeah, B- bullpen success from the Phillies is weird, but the starting pitching hasn't really been there, and the Phillies haven't been in enough games for these their their bullpen to really shine as much as it might need to. Um, for them to find more sustained success. So this one's probably not going to happen. Muted again. Yes, I am. Uh, My next one, the Phillies, recently discussed, finished in the top three in runs scored 
and in the bottom three of defensive runs saved. Currently, Philadelphia has the sixth highest runs scored per game at 4.68. Third place is the San Francisco Giants with 4.8. So they're close. They're very close. If, you know, Harper comes back, if the bats, you know, stay hot, get a little hotter, that could definitely happen. As far as defensive runs saved, they are currently 27th out of 30 teams, so one spot out at negative 23, with the Giants again blocking their way at negative 29. So the San Francisco Giants are the team I expected the Phillies to be this year. Um, So that's also in that gray area, but it's definitely plausible. Mythbusters plausible. All right. Uh, my next one is that the Baltimore Orioles become buyers at the deadline and win more than 70 games. And thanks to the Phil's nice, the Phil's, the O's nice and tidy 500 record, they are set to outpace my prediction by 12 games, 11 games, I should say, and wins 81, which would be insane. And once again, we are approaching the point where. A, a bad team eventually will get good enough that they seek outside talent to make their team better instead of shedding players that they can squeeze future talent from. So the O's have guys that are performing well. The O's have, have obviously areas of needs and the guys who are performing well are now numerous enough and talented enough that the team is having success. The trade deadline is not far. The trade deadline is, I think, August 5th. So we're about two weeks away. You got to wonder, not saying that the Orioles are going to amass any, you know, that they're in the running for fucking Juan Soto or anything like that. But I, I you have to imagine that at some point, the O's are going to take on a player of value for next season as opposed to, or even the remainder of this year, as opposed to just shedding players. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. Hmm. Oh, my next one makes me so sad. All right, what's your next one? Uh, the next one, Cody Bellinger cannot fix his swing nor find a groove and is either optioned or DFA'd, whichever one is of note for him and his contract, which we never figured out. He is having uh, a 1.3 war season, which is not as bad as one would expect. But he's batting 210 with a 647 OPS plus or 647 OPS with a 78 OPS plus. So he's better than his 44 OPS plus season last year. Um, and actually nearly identical number of plate appearances in that bat so far, um, which is great. Um, great improvement doesn't mean you're good at baseball still. Um, and he is certainly not that. So this one I still think is very plausible. Yeah. For reference, if you want to even jot it down there, since this is ties of yours, um, Cody Bellinger has uh, three minor league options left. Nice. Yeah. That's all. That's a lot. Yes. Um, because he wasn't bounced back and forth a lot. He came up and yeah. fucking one MVP. Rookie of the like, year oh, at MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We got this guy forever. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, big improvement from him. 
Uh, his future will be heavily determined by what the Dodgers do with the trade deadline. Um, right, right if now, they were to trade for a guy like Juan Soto, it would be hard to fill out that outfield with Bellinger in that spot. So, yeah, you'd probably uh, slide Mookie over to center, I would guess. Um, yeah. I know Chris Taylor's hurt right now, so maybe you don't have to replace Bellinger entirely. You could leave Bellinger in center and just have a guy like Soto take over Taylor's spot. But then once he comes back, uh, I just have no idea. Um, funny enough, it'd be tough to justify sitting Bellinger when Muncie is also having not a great season. Both players have a 78 OPS plus. Muncie is now the odd man out in that infield since Freddie Freeman took over first base. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, they're going to have a whatever they do come trade deadline will be interesting because of the way that their team is now set up with so many stars that not a lot of flexibility in their position. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. You see this, uh, Josh? It's the world's smallest violin. Oh, the Dodgers can pound sand up their ass until it fucking comes out their eyeballs. I don't give a shit. Fuck them. Um, the Tigers finish second in the AL Central and make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Tigers, as I said previously, 37 and 55. They are 12 games back from the division. That is farther back than the Pirates are from winning their division. Um, that's how not good they've been. Now, I'm not saying that the White Sox, Guardians, and Twins are all phenomenally better than the Tigers. They're not. That's one of the reasons I thought this was honestly a relatively reasonable assumption based on the Tigers' last year performance, but with such a massive step back, um, the clip that they would have to win at would be unthinkable in order to make this happen. So this is all but certainly in the dust. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, maybe Thanks. next year. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Maybe next year. I don't know. All right, moving on. Uh, Shohei Otani continues to prove he's not a human man. It's 50 home runs with a sub 3-5 ERA. Uh, he's currently on pace for 38 home runs whilst uh, hosting enough. a 2.38 ERA. So if he could just spend a little less time on the practice mound and a little more time in the batting cage, I think he could even out those numbers and get there. Go buff out of those scratches. Uh, right. Yeah. Outside chance, but if anyone can do it, that's show high can. That's exactly how I was going to respond. It's like, I'm not going to bet against that man. You, he's given you no reason to bet against him. If he does it, there's nothing you can do, but just... That's show high. If if anyone's gonna hit 31 home runs in the second half, I would say, hey, show high Otani's probably gonna do that. Or it could be my man Aaron Judge. We gotta see him break the AL record. That'd be so fucking cool, man. Ugh. Anyway, let's just go for 73. Fuck it. Why out there? Let's hit hundred of these bad boys. <laughs> could you how many home runs does he have currently? 33. 33. He's got to throw some power balls down in that uh, some some rubber rubber balls down in that in that baseball bat. Throw some cork on that God. motherfucker and start. Could you imagine up those arms. someone hitting sixty-seven home runs over the course of like what 
like 90 games? No. <laughs> no, you it's unthinkable. Yeah. Well, it, it genuinely is like 33 home runs has felt like a lot because it is. You got to think the Yankees have played um uh, 92 games already, which means they have 70 games left. So he'd be hitting a home run every game, assuming he takes three days off, which is probably a conservative estimate. That means that he would be hitting a home run every game he played for the rest of the season. Which is doable. No, it is not. It's not impossible, Josh. It's absolutely impossible. It is not impossible. It's not probable. First base ain't that hard. It's Tell not them, Ron, First base is incredibly hard. <laughs> Great quote. Uh, my last one is that the Rockies somehow get worse and win under 70 games. The Rockies last <laughs> season had won 74 games. Um, and the Rockies this season are on pace to win 74 games. I, I mean, they, they are revenue neutral on their, on their, um, season so far. Uh, it's been a weird year because their team obviously is, batting i think a lot better than we expected but not necessarily from all the places one might think for instance the fact that chris bryant has four home runs this year is like whoa that's not a lot their team leader in home runs cj crone okay makes sense he did it last year and then number two is charlie blackman and it's like oh okay um outside of that the hitting's been relatively average um, what was supposed to be especially bad has been their pitching and their pitching has been especially bad. Their best pitcher is Chad cool. Who is rocking an ERA of 4.11. That's the best. It gets worse from there. Uh, however, top end of their bullpen has been good. Daniel Bard, Alex Colomay have both been very, very good this season. Um, and really they're probably going to start losing a lot more games than they have been as the season continues their underlying stats for these guys, which there isn't time to get into and who fucking cares um, is not overly impressive. There's not a lot of hard hit balls that are turning into um, extra base hits. There's a lot of um, hard hit balls that are not turning into uh, severe damage against the team in terms of their pitching that at least to the extent that it, it could be, it isn't translating into losses. I really is what I should say. Um, this is a team that is outperforming their, their, their stats quite a bit. Um, so I think this is still certainly in play. Um, this came about because they randomly decided to sign Chris Bryant and make it about a couple of the smaller moves. Um, but yeah, as of right now, this prediction is wrong, but I I'm sticking by it. Honestly. That's fair. Uh, I think it definitely has a solid, solid chance of happening. Uh, that's a team that could very easily tank beyond belief in the second half. Um, my number 10 prediction, Zach Grinke will take a plate appearance this season. The man just wants to hit. He has yet to register a plate appearance this season. Um, I don't doubt that he just wants to hit. I'm sure he does. He just has not been given the opportunity as of yet. Not taking the opportunity. And I, I bet my you, secret number eleven prediction. Hold on, I bet if Zach Greinke wanted to, he would just put the bat on his shoulder and like the you know, 
last inning of a game, ninth inning of a game, a game that he did not pitch in, is take a bat, go up to whomever is managing that trash team right now and say, I am now hitting. And they would go, yes, okay. (laughs) Zach Greinke is absolutely the alpha in that locker room. He's the awkward alpha. He is is Nathan Fielder. And he's for you. Secret prediction number 11. These were done in April. Tiger Woods will win the Masters. Tiger Woods finished 47th, 13 over par. Close. Close. Made the cut. Made the cut. But hey, 47th uh, people- is, uh, is, is better than, than, than uh, uh, somebody in baseball. It's, whatever it's, better, it's better than not getting paid. You only get paid if you make the cut. Um, he finished uh, uh, four shots uh, ahead of last. So, you know, no biggie. Way to go, Tiger. Champ. Way to oh. go, fella. All right. Well, there's a lot of other stuff going on in the wild, wild world of, world of baseball. Uh, the stuff that was heading into the all-star break that we didn't get the chance to talk about. Um, you know, the Mariners crazy run. <laughs> Who is uh, Matt Carpenter and what has he done with the real Matt Carpenter? All these topics and more that we will uh, get to later on. Um, the regular season resumes uh, today as you're listening to this tomorrow for us, Thursday, um, as the Yankees will be kicking off their their start to the second half of the year against the Houston Astros down in Houston. Uh, so I'll be watching those, but uh, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Nope. Okay. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at using pod. If you to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you send emails to the show, you can do so at juice the numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Uh,